legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's oh the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes! It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto experts. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hello and welcome back to the Roto Experts Daily Podcast for today, Wednesday, February 6th. Uh, Still getting used to that new year. February 6th, 2019. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Uh, Back here with you for another day as uh, we're really in that transitional period between uh, fantasy football and fantasy baseball, but uh, it's not a full transitional period for us over at RotoExperts.com. We are now NFL 365 days a year on the website. Uh, Make sure you check it out. Check out my latest breakdown of what's upcoming in the offseason for the New England Patriots. I'll have the Los Angeles Rams uh, at some point for you today. And uh, lots of upcoming about Dynasty, Best Ball, and the NFL Draft, and Free Agency. So make sure you uh, stick with RotoExperts.com for our fantasy football 365 days a year. Some interesting announcements uh, upcoming for that. Do you play fantasy baseball? Can a few people say, hey, where's the fantasy baseball content? Well, uh, you know, pitchers and catchers have not... uh, quite reported yet, so sit tight. Uh, I do have a mock draft coming up next week that I'll be talking about. Uh, for those who are wondering what's going on at rotoexperts.com, we have some great uh, great people in the industry that do a lot of great baseball content. We're going to be pointing you in their direction, uh, endorsing their baseball content, and I'm still going to be talking fantasy baseball a lot here on this podcast. Still going to play fantasy baseball, still going to cover the majors, uh, etc. So uh, still a lot to go through, but uh, still a lot of football talk. Uh, free agency doesn't begin till March, and then then we have the draft, so we can start speculating where some of these free agents are going to go. And uh, you know we've had some fun doing that. Uh, the first big piece of news uh, in the quarterback position broke yesterday, as we expected. Uh, We've discussed him some on the podcast here already. uh, That's talking about Nick Foles. He looks like right now he is in position to be a free agent after uh, after he paid the uh, Eagles $2 million to basically get his free agency. And uh, now looks like the Eagles might franchise hit tag him in order to facilitate a trade. Public reports indicating that they would likely take a third-round pick for Nick Foles. Very smart on the Eagles' part uh, not to lose him for just anything. This is a guy that 
has really proven that, you know, uh, what, what the Eagles did was Doug Peterson really uh, tooled the offense around him very well. You know, this is not a guy that can carry a team by himself, but he put him in the right situation that he's going to play very well, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, if they trade him to somewhere else where it's, uh, the coaching staff is certainly savvy enough to do something similar, uh, Foles could certainly have some success elsewhere. And uh, a lot of speculation about potential landing spots so far. There are some thought processes out there that if Foles just purely became a free agent, that he could go within the division, that there was talk, uh, some hopeful talk from Giants uh, backers that maybe he could land in New Jersey while the Giants groom a young quarterback. But all signs are pointing to Eli Manning being the starter for the Giants next year. Well, maybe they draft a young quarterback. He could probably open the season as the starter, I'm thinking, with Eli. But uh, depending on who they get, could they get Haskins? Could could they get Locke? Either one of those guys could be capable of resting the starting job away from Eli Manning uh, at some point during the 2019 season. The Washington Redskins uh, have an obvious need at quarterback. Uh, if If Nick Foles was to go to the pure free agent route, uh, rumors that they're already talking to Adrian Peterson for 2019 because they really don't know what's happening with Darius Geis in the backfield. Uh, Darius Geis tore his ACL and then had to have reported three more surgeries because of an infection, so we don't know about him for 2019. Uh, I wish the best for Darius Geis. Uh, I don't hope, hope it turns into a situation with Kajana Carter where he got early in, injured early in his career. We never really saw what he could become, so... Wishing the best for Darius Geis, uh, that he can potentially recover and help the Washington Redskins out. But uh, I'm digressing on the long route here, just saying that uh, that if Falls would become a free agent, they would put some potential AFC East, NFC East landing spots. But that's probably not going to happen uh, if the Eagles friend, uh, franchise tag him and then they, they trade him. Which it seems it's it's on the way to happening. Uh, with the Eagles. Is there a chance that he stays in Philadelphia? I doubt it. He would like to stay in Philadelphia, but the, uh, and look, the uh, the Eagles would love to have the luxury of that, that guy being a backup. But now that he's won a Super Bowl with the Eagles and uh, he'll become a legend in that town forever, uh, something like Jeff Hostetler did in New York, because um, for those of you Giant fans, I, I'm sure you remember uh, the Giants won that that uh, that second Super Bowl with Jeff Hostetler at quarterback when he came in as, as the backup and uh, remained the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, Nick Foles probably has a larger stature in Philadelphia than Hostetler will in New York because it was the Eagles' first ever Super Bowl victory. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people in Philadelphia are going to be sorry to see him go. The Eagles would love to have the luxury of having him as the backup again, but uh, from a financial perspective, they need to get that money off the books. The Eagles have a lot of uh, issues that they need to address in their backfield, in their secondary. Some of that will happen through the draft, but some of that's got to happen through free agency. Uh, there, there's rumors that you know there'd be a good landing spot for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I could see other running backs. You know, we talked about it for a little before. Uh, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast. Uh, 
I mentioned guys like Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, Lat- Latavius Murray, etc. You know, all guys who can make sense. It doesn't look like Jay Ajayi is probably in the plans for the Philadelphia Eagles. So they need to clear cap space. That bottom three in cap space heading into the 2019 offseason. So they got to clear some cap space. And the reason they drafted Carson Wentz is they feel that they he could be the quarterback of the future. Nobody's going to forget how well he played in 2017 before he got hurt. He regressed a little bit this year. Uh, Wentz has to stay healthy. Now, for those of you who have been listening already, uh, there's been a lot of social media polls and, and things like that about uh, you know which, which, running, which quarterback would you keep if it was up to you. And if it had nothing to do with finances, I would personally say keep Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Uh, everybody points to the future and the younger quarterback, etc. But uh, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather keep Foles than Wentz because you know you look at some of the combinations in NFL history, quarterback coach combinations. Of course, nothing stands larger than, than Brady and Belichick. But uh, you know you had Walsh and Montana, etc. Uh, Peyton and Breeze. When when you have a, a quarterback and a coach mesh like that. And win like that, it, it's very, very rare. You could say that uh, the, the Eagles only have won one Super Bowl with Peterson and Foles, but that's one more Super Bowl than a lot of other quarterback coach combinations. You know, some uh, some fans out there get greedy and say, "Well, you know, we got four or five Super Bowls, etc." You know, there's a lot of a lot of fans who've never seen their team even play in a Super Bowl in their lifetime. It's very, very hard just to get there. And I believe the Eagles found a winning combination with Doug Peterson and Nick Foles that it's going to be hard for them to follow going forward. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz as we head into the future to basically live up to what Foles and Peterson have uh, accomplished together. Because those guys brought a long-awaited championship to the city of Philadelphia. And for everybody talking about Boston, and we'll get to that in a minute, you know, I think uh, I think if you live in the city of Philadelphia, you got to be pretty happy as a sports fan. Uh, over the last decade, you finally saw the, the, the Phillies win, and you finally saw the Eagles win. There's, there's just a different mentality about it when you go city by city. Uh, you know, I'm here in New York City, and I, I think a lot of the, the, the sports fan base is kind of depressed. Uh, you know, the... The Giants haven't made the playoffs since 2011. Uh, the Jets haven't made it since 2010. The Yankees have not been to the World Series since 2009. They've probably been the best team in the city over the last decade, though. The Mets uh, have not won since 1986. Uh, even though they went to the World Series in 2015, though, the fan base is depressed over there. The Knicks are maybe the, the laughing stock of all sports. The Nets are finally turning around, but they're never regarded as high. I don't watch hockey. The Rangers are not performing well, but the Islanders are giving uh, giving the city a little bit to, uh, or those, those people that follow them, a little bit to be happy about. But overall, this did, you know, here in New York City, people are feeling, I think, very depressed about professional sports teams. Not everybody can be Boston. You know, Boston is puffing its chest out, and, you know, you're seeing signs about, how many parades like 11 and 16-year-olds have seen already? 
And, you know, it's it's just crazy. And, you know, other people are starting to hate on Boston. We'll get up, get to that in just a minute. But uh, I think if you live, if you're from Philadelphia, you got to be proud of what you have. It's, uh, I think it's about what you have and not what you don't have. A lot of people are, are jealous of Boston right now because of what they had. But, uh, you know, I remember a time uh, – few decades ago when it was not easy to be a Boston fan, especially in the 1990s. It was, you know, everybody teased the Red Sox fans about 1908. The Patriots were an absolute laughing stock uh, back in the 1990s. And uh, the Celtics, uh, Larry Bird was gone, and they were no longer winning either. I really don't watch hockey, but uh, I remember, you know, I don't remember the Bruins being uh, champions in the 1990s. So, they went through. They went through their cycle too. You know, there was there was a cycle. There's been cycles here in New York where the teams are great. You know, we we you know, there's been cycles out on the West Coast, etc. But uh, I think as an Eagles fan, you have to be happy. Uh, you know, you if you're also a Phillies fan, you have to be happy. You're listening to the Roto Experts Daily Podcast. I am Scott Engel. Uh, here with you five days a week. So, you know, my point being, and I digressed a little bit, is uh, I think there's a little, a lot, still a lot of optimism for the Eagles. They just need Carson Wentz to stay healthy. But if it was up to me, I would have rather keep Nick Foles. The guy has already proven that he can win a Super Bowl. He won a playoff game this season. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was certainly he was a part of that victory, even though it was a missed field goal. They still get the win. They still get credit for it. It was Nick Foles, uh, you know, who led that game-winning drive. He's 4-1 in playoff games over the last two seasons. I don't think we can forget uh, how he did early in his career with that, you know, that great season under Chip Kelly. Then he started to regress, uh, but he's he's bounced back real nicely, and uh, he's going to make a real good starter for some other team. And uh, taking a look at the landing spots out there, there are a few potential landing spots. Uh, three of them have been most probably mentioned. Uh, Denver, Miami, and Jacksonville. Uh, Miami, as we talked about extensively yesterday, uh, introducing that new head coach, Brian Flores. You know, that this team is probably looking at about a two, three, two to three-year uh, complete rebuild. Do they want to go with Nick Foles? Because... Nick Foles is now regarded as a guy who can come in and help a team win right away. But is that really what the Dolphins have envisioned? The Dolphins are sitting at number 13 overall in the NFL draft. And, you know, that's a spot where they could pick Jones. They could pick Murray as their quarterback of the future. What the Dolphins do have to decide is, do they want that rookie to come in and start right away? Because if they're going to be a rebuilding team, that kid's going to take a lot of lumps. So they also have to consider uh, a veteran as well, a veteran to bridge the gap. Do they want to have a Nick Foles or to maybe be that guy for the next three-plus or more years and then focus uh, their rebuilding efforts elsewhere? Because this is a guy that really can uh, this is a guy that uh, you know he really can uh, take a team and 
help them win right now. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But uh, you know, the Dolphins, I think, are more of a team that wants to look towards the future. I don't know if Nick Foles is completely the answer as a uh, as his team looks to uh, have a win now sort of mentality. So you know, you might be a, a much better fit somewhere else. You know, maybe Joe Flacco is really the answer because maybe he can serve as the bridge for a year because you don't you don't want to you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to have this kid come in, whoever they're going to draft. And it'll be interesting to see if the Dolphins get aggressive and maybe trade up in the, in the draft as well. You know, there's also that option to really get one of those quarterbacks that they want. You know, maybe they decide we have to jump ahead of the Giants and do something here and really get the kid that we want. And, uh, you know, that's a possibility for them. Maybe they'll get aggressive in the draft rather than free agency. Uh I think uh, I, I think that's probably what I expect more the Dolphins to do with their uh, you know with their future here at quarterback. I don't think this is a team that is looking at a win now mentality. So maybe Nick Foles isn't the fit there. Wouldn't be my first proposed landing spot. Uh, I think I think Jacksonville uh, is a much better landing spot. A lot of times a quarterback can be a missing piece to the NFL puzzle. They still have a lot of talent on defense. Uh, they hope that Leonard Fournette can stay healthy. This is a team that's got to improve at wide receiver, but Jacksonville would be a much better fit. Uh, it, wasn't, it was just a year ago that they were just one piece away from making the Super Bowl. There's other teams that uh, people have mentioned, like I said, Washington, I just can't see it because, uh, you know, they're not going to trade within the within the division. Uh, probably the other team that makes a hell of a lot of sense is the Denver Broncos. I think the Broncos are probably a quarterback away from, you know, being a real solid contender here. You have to look at the young receivers that they have that's very, very attractive, I think. They have the support of a good running game. They have a good defensive model in place. Uh, Case Keenum has proved that he's a journeyman and that really he played over his head last year. And I don't think this team can win with Case Keenum no matter what they say publicly. So I, I think Denver's probably my preferred landing spot for Nick Foles. Uh, they can trade him out of the conference. So Denver and Jacksonville, probably my two priorities. Um, then, you, then you play around with a team like like Oakland, and does Oakland want to move on from Derek Carr? Uh, I haven't really seen any indications or reports that that's truly going to happen. Uh, and the Raiders, you know, they're a lost team right now. We don't even know where they're going to play this year. Will they play in San Francisco? That's another rebuild situation, just like Matt Miami. I really can't see Nick Foles going into any of these rebuild situations. If he would go to Denver, I would really like his fantasy outlook, uh, especially with those exciting young receivers that they have there. So from a fantasy perspective, I would really like to see uh, him go to the Denver Broncos. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, good balance there, running game, receivers, etc. Uh, I don't think I don't. You know, we've seen really good games from Nick Foles at times. Uh, you know, if I was if I was to use him as maybe like a like a high end quarterback two numbers two streamer, 
for next year, you know, with a conservative sort of projection, I, I would, I would, uh, I would love to see Nick Foles in Denver. If I'm, I'm the type of guy that's going to stream my fantasy quarterbacks, uh, I would, I would love to see Nick Foles in Denver, where maybe I could rotate him with another fantasy quarterback, uh, depending on what the matchups are. So, you know, that's what I'd like to see. You know, Jacksonville, uh, Dante Moncrief is a free agent. Uh, there are some promising young wide receivers there, like Keelan Cole, etc. Uh, Marquise Lee. Uh, maybe maybe Foles could get better production out of the Jacksonville wide receivers. I think if Foles were to go to Jacksonville, uh, I think I'd have to boost the outlook for some of their, their young wide receivers. So uh, Denver and Jacksonville are really the, the two spots that I'm probably going to be looking at the most. Uh, for Nick Foles to, uh, you know, to really land in 2019. So ESPN had an interesting story. Uh, I think it started running yesterday about uh, Julian Edelman and whether he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I think just off the cuff and kind of knee-jerk, uh, before the Super Bowl, I said Edelman was a Hall of Famer. But usually my Hall of Fame and MVP standards are a little bit different than the average analyst that uh, you might listen to or follow. Uh, because I felt like Edelman was a guy that always stepped up in the big games. And uh, he did it again this year. A lot of controversy surrounding Edelman because he got suspended for the first four games of the year for PED use. But uh, you know, then uh, he came back and won the MVP. Uh, Tom Brady got suspended a few years ago, and then he came back and won the MVP. So I guess whatever Patriot gets suspended next year is going to win the Super Bowl MVP. But uh, you know, Edelman uh, played like a, a top end fantasy wide receiver too when he came back. You know, put up some very good numbers. Was in double figure PPR every uh, every week. But as far as far as the Hall of Fame goes. Uh, the regular season numbers are really not there. And, you know, like ESPN said, uh, when you compare it to Isaac Bruce, who's put up way better numbers and has not made the Hall of Fame uh, in three tries, Edelman's numbers are nowhere close. And Bruce is more deserving. But I think there's got to be something said for the way that Edelman steps up in the, in the postseason. Uh, he's played well in just about every Super Bowl that he's been in. He had the game-winning catch in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Uh, you know, a spectacular catch against the Falcons as well. You know, this is a guy that basically came out. It's a great story about how he was a seventh-round pick, etc. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe that makes some people sentimental because he's a, he's a shorter guy uh, who a lot, of pe- a lot of people thought would just never be relevant. Uh, had to overcome a lot of odds, etc. It's a great story. But what about the production? I think you have to look at the fact that this guy right now in the postseason already has a Super Bowl MVP and and uh, and he has uh, he has the second most receiving yards and the second most receptions in postseason history behind the the absolutely legendary Jerry Rice. So that's something that you really, really have to consider. Uh, but I don't think he's going to get in because of the regular season stats. But to me, uh, I, I think there's a, a case to be made for a guy who's consistently uh, outstanding in the postseason. 
I'm not, I'm not a member of the Pro Football Writers Association of America. I'm a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. Uh, so we don't, we don't have a Hall of Fame vote uh, for the NFL. We do have a, a vote for the – well, we do have a say sort of in the uh, FSWA Hall of Fame. But uh, my point being that, uh, that really that I think who Julian Edelman should get strong consideration because – when you perform well and the, when the, when the lights are brightest, when you're on the biggest stage, oh my, can I, can I think of more cliches to use? Uh, I think he's got to get strong consideration. I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. And, but outside of that, he's been a compiler and he's been very up and down. To me, to be in the Hall of Fame, uh, I think you have to be the best of the best. Uh, consistently throughout your career. Uh, Eli Manning has not been among the best of the best. He's been among the best of the best twice, and he's been up and down otherwise. Julian Edelman has consistently been in the best among the best of the best in the postseason throughout his career. And uh, he's had a lot of regular season highlights. I would say if I was voting for the NFL Hall of Fame and Edelman's name came up on the ballot, I would, I would check him off. There's something to be said about performing so well on that postseason stage. But by the flip side, you know, you talk about Phillip Rivers, and the guy does nothing in the postseason. Uh, he, he's probably going to get into Hall of Fame based on his regular season stats. For me, I think the quality of the stats is higher when you play in the postseason. To me, Phillip Rivers is going to get in if he doesn't win a big game at some point soon, on being a great regular season quarterback, uh, the guys the guys really never won a big game in his career. Uh, so for me, yeah, Edelman Hall of Famer. I think some people think it's crazy, but I'm personally behind it. Uh, and that brings me just uh, you know to a little bit more talk about the Patriots, which I think everybody's sick of hearing about. But you know, let's let's just stop with the with the hate already. You know, at some point, you have to exhibit good sportsmanship. Uh, look, it's the fun of sports to hate teams and stuff like that. But there are some people who just simply, I see it all over social media, who simply refuse to give the Patriots any credit for six Super Bowls, uh, coming up with all kinds of wacky theories about how they didn't deserve this Super Bowl because they cheated or how, how Montana is better than Brady because – He's never lost a Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Montana has only played in four. Brady has played in more than twice that. Uh, I think people forget about, you know, Montana had some postseason failures where he didn't even get to the Super Bowl. So let's not forget about that. From like 1985 to 1987, I think the Niners were one and done. Uh, he lost an, an AFC championship game when he was when he was part of the Chiefs. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen him lose in big games in the playoffs too so he's 4-0 but there are a lot of times he didn't even get that far you know Tom Brady and the Patriots have gotten there nine times nine times it's more than twice if Joe Montana if Joe Montana made the Super Bowl uh nine times would he be undefeated and not throw an interception I don't think so I I think getting there nine times is more and being six and three is more impressive than being 4-0. It's the amount of times you get there. And Tom Brady's prime uh, has lasted 
since 2001, from 2001, basically till now, you know, Tom Brady's run was uh, run of success was longer than Montana's as well. So I, I see people trying to discredit and, you know, they continue to hate on the Patriots. Go ahead, hate all you want. But at some point, you just got to tip your cap and admit that these guys are the best. Salute them, be a good sportsman, and move on. I, I look all over social media, and I see all types still talking trash to uh, and, you know, making up these wild theories to Patriot fans about why they don't deserve it and why they're not the greatest team of all time, etc. You know, and just shut up already. You know, really, just you know, just just stop it already. Right now, to me, there's only one group of fans that can consistently talk trash to Patriot fans and get away with it. And it'll be this way forever, unless they play in the Super Bowl again. The only fan base that has any call to talk crap to New England Patriot fans right now are Giant fans. The Giants will always have something on the Patriots. I don't care that the Patriots have won six times. They are 0-2 against Eli Manning and the New York Giants. That is the only legitimate fan base that has any call to talk trash to a Patriots fan. Is a Giants fan. They are the only one that can ultimately and legitimately shut up a Patriots fan. Because the Patriots, no matter what they did, could not beat the Giants. And the one thing that might gnaw a Patriots fan is the fact that they couldn't complete an undefeated season. That is the one thing that they have not been able to do that nobody has able, been able to do since 1972. The Giants ruined that. They ruined that. Now, I saw one Giants fan say uh, they'd probably take undefeated over the uh, over winning the other six. I don't think so because six rings is unmatched. You know, we can argue about which feat is more impressive being undefeated or winning six rings and going to nine Super Bowls. But... Uh, I think any guy who played the game would rather tell you that he'd rather have the six rings uh, rather than have just one and it be undefeated. But I think that the, the Dolphins of the 70s would be even more legendary had they had they won more championships. Had they won six times, uh, people would talk about them in even more glowing terms. But like I said, the Giants fans are the only team, only only fans that can really talk crap to a Patriots fan. If you're a Dolphins fan, you have absolutely nothing to say. I see a lot of them talking trash on social media. There's nothing you can say. You know, your team has not been good since like 1985. Forget it. Okay, you have nothing to say. Uh, I realize you hate the Patriots, but there's no real trash you can talk at all. Uh, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. There's nothing you can say. If you're a Jets fan, uh, you're probably clever, but there's nothing you can say that's legitimate. You know, just, you know, admit that the other guy is better for now. It's not going to always be this way. If you're a Jets, Bills, or Dolphins fan, at least, you know, fans of every team have something to be proud about, I believe. And if you're a Jets, you're a Bills, you're a Dolphins fan, appreciate one thing. That yourself because you're loyal and you're in there for your team. Okay, loyalty is to be saluted, but you know, don't brag about 1972 when you never saw it, or 1969, or or anything like that, 
Uh, Bills fans never won a Super Bowl at all. They don't have a leg to stand on. But I especially see, like, Pittsburgh and Dallas fans talking a lot of crap uh, to, to, the, uh, to the Patriots fans. Pittsburgh fans, forget it, all right? You, you've been a great franchise every decade. Be proud of what you have instead of worrying so much about the Patriots. You, you, besides, you're not going to win a trash-talking war with the Patriots fan. They've already matched you in terms of Super Bowls, and you can't beat them when it counts. So just say, look, you guys are the better team, and that's it, okay? You know, some, at some point, in every, every sport as a fan, you have to be a good sport and say, look, you know, that other team is better, okay? You know, and stop, stop talking so much trash. You know, it's, it's like, look, in, in the 1990s, what can I say as a Met fan? The, the, Yankees, the Yankees were better. They were a great dynasty. You know, that's it. Okay, I salute you. I respect you. At some point, I'll have my moment. Congratulations to you guys. But if you're if you're a Steeler fan, uh, you know there's really nothing you can say. You guys have not been able to beat the Patriots at all. And if you're a Dallas fan, you really have no call to talk any trash to the Patriots because you know, those guys are America's team now. You aren't. America's team is the one that everybody recognizes. The one that's always on TV. I know people don't watch football who know who Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are. But can they tell me who Dak Prescott and, uh, and Amari Cooper and even Ezekiel Elliott are? No. Dallas was, I say this over and over, Dallas was called America's team because they were always on television and everybody knew their faces. That's no longer the case. Your team hasn't been a real contender in over 20 years. Shut up. Salute the Patriots. That's it. You know, and people know I'm a Seahawks fan, and I know a lot of Seahawks fans, mostly from Seattle, who hate the Patriots. But you know what? They beat, they beat us fair and square in the Super Bowl. That was a great play by Malcolm Butler. Well, what are you going to do? Sure, the Seahawks should have probably called a different play. That's I could do a whole other show on that. Uh, you know, maybe throwing the ball to another receiver. Maybe, maybe say a screen pass to Doug Baldwin or something like that, or a quarterback sneak to Russell Wilson, or even a pass to Marshawn Lynch. But I, I look, I had to tip my cats to the Patriots. They won the game. But like I said, you know, me as a fan of the Seahawks, I'll always have Super Bowl Forty Eight. No, nobody can ever take that away. You know, I'll always have that. Just because the other guy, the the the, the Boston is dominating. And they're so great right now. Doesn't mean that you don't have a lot to be proud of as a fan. If you, I see a lot of Steeler fans like going off on these Patriot fans. And look, you guys are one or two teams to win six Super Bowls. And if you if you're not if you're not old enough to see those first four, I would say don't brag about them. But you still see them win twice, and they're still a great franchise. And the Steelers are one of the greatest franchises. In the history of pro sports, every decade since the 1970s, every decade, at some point, they have been in contention. Be proud of what your team has and what your team has accomplished. Instead of being so jealous of the other guy that you're making yourself look look silly. There are fans of the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, the Steelers, the Cowboys, and some other teams 
they have no they'll call the talk trash to a Patriots fan. You want to say I hate the Patriots? I wish they would go away. I could hear that, but to discredit them for, for the Super Bowls they've lost and everything they accomplished, well, that's just stupid. You know, give credit where credit is is due already. And uh, you know, after winning six Super Bowls and going to nine, Brady and Belichick definitely deserve all the credit that a lot of people don't want to give them. Uh, and look, it's painful for a lot of people in New York for to, to see uh, see both. There are a lot of people that are fans of. The Yankees and the Jets. Uh, I think I think there's a lot that people assume, uh, assume that it's Mets, Jets, Giants, Yankees with everybody by default in New York. It's not true. I know a lot of Yankee Jet fans, and this is a miserable run for them because they're seeing both the Red Sox and the Patriots uh, winning so much. But look, you know, I, I know a guy like that, Dave Martinez, you know, my friend on this network. But look, he still goes out there, and he's one of the most loyal, diehard Jet fans that I know. Uh, he hates the Patriots, but I think he realizes he can't talk any trash. Uh, you know, and he still supports his Yankees. Be loyal, but don't be stupid. You know, don't don't talk trash. You know, to to to, to some fan, fan of somebody who's won six Super Bowls, and your team is you never see your team be in a Super Bowl or. You've seen your team win one Super Bowl recently. Be loyal. Don't be stupid. And uh, that's my rant for today. And uh, we'll be talking more football tomorrow. Don't worry. The baseball is coming here on the Roto Experts Daily Podcast on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.